Hello, everybody, uh, listeners or whatever. This is uh, this is Rob, and it's Tuesday. So normally you would have a new episode. Only uh, I'm I, f- I fucked up. I'm I'm just one guy, and I'm pretty dumb and not good at technology. And you know, I I I, I couldn't make it happen on Sunday. I couldn't get it together and get all the parts together and make the episode happen. So. There is still one coming out, and a bonus this week is coming out, but not today. Uh, I'm going to need more time on it. So, in the meantime, what I'm going to do is, uh, last week, we did the 9-11 episode with Grimm, who actually had a... Grimm is great. Uh, he's on at Exiled Grimm uh, on Twitter. Follow him. He's like, he really knows his politics and government stuff. Um, but he did a thread that I know is featured on like Hassan's stream. It's really good. It's just like bullet point after bullet point of uh, sort of craziness around 9-11 and in that period, especially from 2001 to 2006. Um, and so the thread's really good. I'm going to put it in the episode notes. And uh, to uh, to the new patrons, we got... <laughs> we, 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 we got off that. Uh, uh, welcome. I'm about to unlock the episode you just paid for, basically. That's what I'm going to do. Um, <laughs> so if you heard the 9-11 episode last week uh, and then it cut off for the bonus, this is the bonus bit you didn't get to hear uh, where we play, hey, remember this for basically an hour and 15 minutes or something like that. Um, so if you're not a, a Patreon supporter understandable. Have a nice day. Uh, this is what the bonuses look like. Uh, and if you are, thank you so much. Uh, you still got the video version of this online if you're a true sicko. And also, you know, you, you got to hear this a week before 9-11 instead of three days uh, after the fact. So I don't know, there's some value there. But in any case, uh, sorry, I'm working my hardest. I'm, I'm a fucking union guy. I got to go clock in. I got, I got the shit I do. And sometimes... I'm surprised it hasn't happened more, frankly. Sometimes I just get run over and then the the episode doesn't happen. Anyway, um, you'll like this one. It's very loose and chill because it's a bonus. And uh, look forward to a main episode and a bonus for this week uh, a little bit later in the week. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Okay, bonus. <laughs> and to the bonus, I'm going to sip my wine. Why is 9-11 so fucked? What's the deal? What's the deal with nine eleven? Because I I noticed maybe it's just me, but you know these Jan six motherfuckers they'd be walking like this, right? Yeah. <laughs> but then these nine eleven guys they'd be like, e, 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 e. what the what the fuck's up with that? I I'm gonna start off by the way a little tangent. My bud had the funniest uh, thing I've ever seen where he on Facebook went, I remembered Selena's death better than I remember nine eleven. And the anger. He take? I like it though. It's also just totally honest. Like he was in Texas. If you're from Texas, yes. Yeah, I he's actually black. Yeah, and he's like obsessed with like uh, he, uh, he's obsessed with like Latin music. So yeah, of course. It, the thing it, is, Al Nusra was equally responsible for both those things. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is literally true. Actually, kind of. <laughs> that was okay. This is something that this continues to this day, right? Uh, there is no fucking connection to like Iraq. Like that's just made up. 
right? Like all, all the uh, shit. There's a whole just... book on it called The Connection. Thank you, sir. Okay. Yeah. And there, there's a whole fucking, we need to, by the way, we need to watch uh, In the Loop together sometime. Oh, hell yeah. Because I fucking love that movie. It, it's similar <laughs> to what I do as a, as a job and life and day to day. But it also brings in like how insane the Iraq stuff was where it's just like, does anyone have like a plagiarized paper from like sophomore year history 2000 that we could just say was from somebody from, I don't know, Riyadh? And it's like, yeah, I got that. <laughs> Afghanistan is a land of contrast. This will work. This will work. It was so fucking sick. Sorry, I forgot what I was saying before that. I was just thinking of in the loop now. <laughs> you were saying you want to do a watch party. No, it was just, it's the way 9-11 hit people. Uh, first off, like there is definitely like a, a gap racially, like white people were definitely like on a different level. Um, and that was, I mean, something at the time is white people were embracing the worst parts about them. Um, again, I was in DC Metro, right? Like we knew people who died in 9-11. And, um, I still remember my, I remember when a friend of mine like came all his face is all busted up and I was like, what the fuck happened? And they were like, yeah, they, they beat me up cause of nine 11. Like, you know, this was like three or four days later. And we were like, you're Sri Lankan. Like, cause oh, yeah. that was just terrible. <laughs> by the way, terrible time to be a Sikh. <laughs> no. Oh my oh, God. My like, God. Yeah. like there is, I, I, I hate to put myself in that position, but like as, as a, a cishet white male, I'm going to go ahead and do the work right and and to to think being a Sikh in America at that time and getting literal hate crimes but it's the wrong ethnicity that makes it worse to me like it's already bad and completely beyond the pale and some of the worst excesses of white supremacy were uncontroversially bipartisanly on display there but I just think like if I got my head stomped in and someone's like, yeah, fucking remember that Ukrainian, I'd be so fucking sad. <laughs> Wait, I'd you're not Ukrainian? So sad. I don't even, I'll kick you off this right now. <laughs> that but is such it, a like top tier American move though. To be like, yeah, we, we, hate, we hate brown people so much. We're going to attack the brown people who actually also don't like Muslims who agree with you yeah. on a lot of your hatred. It, it just goes, <laughs> it's all the internal fantasy because it's just going like, Hey man, I'm actually, uh, not what what you think at all and it's like you know what close enough for my fan it be, beating up Sikhs was like glory holes for the american electorate where it's just like i don't know maybe it's a sexy lady <laughs> it's not it's not like it's not islamic and by the way that that mindset was from the high school dude doing it all the way up the chain to the people running Iraq and Afghanistan. There was no difference in mentality of like, well, you're, you're Brown. So you're, you're definitely connected to part of it. People on, on like Tumblr have no idea. No fucking idea. It like you literally imagine like the worst case scenario. That was just like after nine 11, like, like Howard Stern was like, not that he's a paragon of civility, but he's just like, come on, you and I know, all know what people do this sorts of shit, and they're gonna keep doing that sorts of shit until we wipe them all out. And Robin's like, ha ha, yeah, we gotta we gotta nuke that whole motherfucking place. And it's just like, <laughs> wow, yeah, really. Uh, it, it was open calls for genocide. Yes, and any, like multiple. any person, yes, any person that's brown was immediately suspicious. You want to talk about trauma? There was, I forgot about this. The biggest issue in the liberal professional blogosphere class, and Brett, I know you remember this. This was maybe you experienced this. 
they all like fly for work, right? Mm-hmm. And they had a rubber meets the road moment that all of them wrote personal essays about, which is like, I see a guy in a turban in coach and I feel like he's acting weird. Yeah. So yep. do I say anything right now? It was the, it was the new hot version of do I cross to the other side of the road when I see a random black guy after 9 PM uh, p- liberals yes. were having panic attacks in their chairs. Like I'm a good person, but f- for America, I think I have to go to the stewardess and say that, I'm not sure that's an uh, that's not a real iPod he's fiddling with. Yeah, that was I'm, a I'm, thing that was real. I'm reading fucking Peter King and like Monday Morning Quarterback, and he's yeah. like, Tom Brady was great, and also there's a dude in a turban that I definitely reported. I hope he gets thrown out of the country, but I think I saved the plane. Not anyway, an exaggeration. Anyway, no. six touchdowns for Tom this weekend. You no, know, fucking Al Franken, who at the time was considered the most like pro uh pro the other side i guess like pro like distinguishing who the muslims are he routinely wrote and spoke about a fantasy he had where he was bringing baseballs on planes because he was going to beam a terrorist in the head with one just because he wants the headline like you know snl writer kills terrorists with baseballs like that he just like actively fantasizing about it there is something to be there's a line to be drawn between like the three percenter militia movement, the like castle doctrine, stand your ground. Like you need to be fucking Jack Reacher. Every single, is that the Tom Clancy guy or is that the off brand? It doesn't matter. That's the off brand, but it's still fun. You need to be a tier one operator at any given time because Hezbollah is coming to Spokane, Washington. And these guys would just like arm up. And if they saw a fucking Brown person in a Cadoba, they would like walk up and be like, uh, are you from around here? Like it, it was legalized banditry, like yes. just fucking uh, militia highwaymen doing racial profiling. I mean, stop and frisk. It was keeping us safe from terrorists in the fucking Bronx. Yes. I mean, shit, I was getting beaten at protests and shit and like in free speech zone, staying on our side and everything. I mean, it was, there was no end to, um, where it was going and you had to walk with your friends who like were failing that paper bag test. It doesn't matter what race they are. If they're dark enough, there's some guy in the background watching. And it was, you know, I, I can't imagine the Tumblr teens like understanding it like to any degree, just like, you can't just say like, you're being racist. They'll be like, well, you're helping the terrorists. You know how how, actually here's my comparison. You know how conservatives react the last summer when they saw like a black person looting quote unquote yes right that what if the entire country did that to every black person in response right everybody had the same response every white person was like this is what i've been talking about with black people and just went off and and then that lasted for years entirely fantastical as as well uh uh number one and this is a fun game by the way I, I call this the Derek Davison. I actually have nothing but respect for Derek Davison. He's fucking sick. Uh, get on American Prestige. It's a great foreign policy um, podcast. But like, so they were doing that like blanket racism to all brown people, but would not even, here's the, they wanted to do the racism and, and be like, I'm keeping this plane safe. But to this day, none of those people can tell you what is the difference between like, a Sunni Muslim and like the kind they have. <laughs> and it's like not a single person could answer that. No, you, you could go like right now, gun your head. 
ISIS, Sunni or Shia, fucking nothing. And you could, and it made sense because it was all collective delusion. Even at the highest levels, we already went on this, like the intelligence was just fucking nonsense. Like it was all just like, I don't look, these people committed a crime. We want to do fucking invasions off of this, whatever. But it was a time when you could just get on like Bill Maher and go like, well, Rob, what do you think? And just go, um, Abu Bakr Brigade, Al-Nusra, Al-Qaeda, Hezbollah, Hamas. I yield the rest of my time. And they'd be like, this is the smartest motherfucker I've ever seen. ever." <laughs> right. And, and then you would take that because no one looks into it because that would break the fantasy when you realize like, oh, wait a second, there's motives right. to crimes. Right. As Brett was saying, the problem then was once you decided all brown people were a, a public security threat, you would have people who are just like, huh, an Indian guy wants to take flight lessons. I'm literally going to contact the FBI. Right. Or if you're just like, huh, my bus driver going through the Holland Tunnel looks Arabic. What's he doing being a bus driver? Oh, this guy at the Moe's Southwestern uh, restaurant, he wants a fork and knife. I didn't see anyone else ask for a knife. And it was one of those things where you could just backwards rationalize anything that a brown person did as, as like, well, fuck, am I, am I? not being empathetic am i causing the loss of human life if this brown person gets extra silverware at the fucking kadoba you know well, how yeah. fucked up that stretch of time was this just popped in my head again uh the only two politicians who made any sense from 01 to 06 was barbara lee because she's the only person who voted against the AU, say AUMF. his name say his name <laughs> and, and and this is fucking insane to me but ron paul because yep. ron paul was the only person going maybe you shouldn't have a base in saudi arabia dipshits Bernie. like it Bernie did too. Bernie, Bernie and Barbara. He was in there. You're right. He was in there too. But it's he, like Ron Paul made sense for a little bit. That's how bad things were. There was a stretch where you were like, wait, he actually is talking truth about foreign. What the fuck is happening? The crazy Keebler elf of racism is making sense. It's also where comedians got cemented as political figures oh, in my the God, imagination God, yeah. because they got to say, oh, I was listening to David Cross and like that was like a woke bona fides in like 2008 plus even though they they themselves were acting like assholes they would be like oh i remember the david cross uh sketch on like yeah i think uh i think osama uh attacked us because we have bases in saudi arabia and our support for israel you know why because that's what he told us and like that was like big comedy at the time so people got to like do their woke bona fides pointing to david yeah. cross that's when daily show got big too that was the other yes. one because Daily Show got big between the Bush election and then the when it started to die off, people being like, okay, it's no longer, it's back to its shit. Then 9-11. And the combo of those two within the space of a year is what lo launched the whole like political comedy bracket. Right. Indecision 2004 was a massive project. And they even like, I think they made DVDs of that shit. Yeah. Yeah. They did. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll put it this way. The week of 9-11, and I've looked through so much old footage of this because I like love looking through archival shit. The most woke person I heard was literally Tom Clancy. The author, Tom <laughs> No, he goes on and he's like, uh, yeah, this is just in a small extremist group of Muslims. It's not actually like all he's like literally like There's not no Al-Qaeda. There no. wasn't a fucking Al-Qaeda. No. They had to invent it. it. It's it's like when Biden said, like, hey, if there wasn't an Israel, we just come up with one. It's like Biden, man, you gotta you gotta I know it's the 70s, <laughs> but that's pretty wild. But like there's no fucking 
Bin Laden had to pay people to pose with him. He's a finance fuckboy. Do you understand how finance, like, like fail son rich kid he is? That of all the targets in America, he's like, we need to take those bitches on Wall Street now. <laughs> yeah. That was his target. That was where his mind is just like, they fucked our sovereign wealth. It's insane. I like that they were going to go for the Brooklyn Bridge because they saw it in Godzilla and then like they switched targets to the World Trade Center because it had more establishing shots in like B-roll like <laughs> when just, B-roll kills, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're taking other people's lives in your own hands there, Jesus. I just no. it was it was such an insane time. There was literally a girl group that was confederacy themed yeah. that said like can can, can we can we not maybe necessarily do all the wars? And they were like, fuck you, not racist enough. And they <laughs> dial it to a nine. Yeah. <laughs> they're the, just like, we can do racism at home. And they're just like, maybe you can. I'm never. But And people would like do steamrollers over their albums. <laughs> and it would air on the nightly news. And with like, support. Yeah. With total yes. support. MSNBC yes. would air it and applaud. <laughs> there, there were flash games from fucking albino black sheep and newgrounds that would get fucking like CNN uh, interviews where it's just like, you made one of the most brilliant fucking games just out of your basement. Tell me about it. And it's, it's just like a, a first person flash game where you have a, an AK and you blow the head off of uh, people in turbans that all sound like, I remember that flash game. And people were just like one of the most innovative patriotic games yet. And you're just like, <laughs> Wow, I we're the bad guy. <laughs> it was also when twenty four hour news totally took over because it, yes. it started in the nineties, but between the Bush election and then nine eleven is when it actually like consolidated all of its power. Because then it became you do want to hear us tell you horrifying things all day, every day, because you're terrified of a terrorist attack. <laughs> Don't stop watching. I I still love that Bill Maher got kicked off TV for the one good thing he's ever said. Like the old, he was literally like, oh, I, here I have the quote actually. Uh, we have been cowards lobbing cruise missiles from 2,000 miles away. That's cowardly. Staying in the airplane when it hits the building, say what you want about it, not cowardly. Like, just, true. Yeah. <laughs> 100% true. Like, I'm sorry that, and he was off of television the next day. I have never seen someone ban that. It was like, he, that was a, I saw that live. It was, uh, you know, politically incorrect with Bill Maher. Literally in the title is it's like telling you it's going to try to offend you. That's too and much. He, he was banned by the nightly news. Like it, it was like the span of seven hours. They kicked him off the fucking air. That was the thing, though. You it was totalizing. Yes, everyone had to buy into the mass delusion. Even when, like, at the time, people were like, "What is the deal with Iraq?" Or like, "Wait a second, I I heard that the Taliban actually or the ISI had a deal to hand over Bin Laden so we could just arrest them." And it was like, "Yeah, but that wouldn't give trillions of dollars to the top five defensive fucking." So we're not going to do that. And yeah. people were just like, "Yeah, okay." Well, well the excuse I'm, I'm still the time. racist, so fuck it. The excuse at the time, which was amazing, was we would legitimize the Taliban and then they, they would be able to take over Afghanistan. So luckily, everything we've done has completely diverted that path. By like, the way, virtually every member of the Dem Party that helped push this is still in power. Oh, I said it before. <laughs> yeah, it turns out it turns out you get the spoils if you go to war like that. You, you're rewarded for looting other countries. I don't know. That's not new. 
right? It's just no. that when you see people in suits that go just like, I, I saw an article today that was just like, I, I'm gay and in Afghanistan and it's not as good. And you go and click and it's just like, when I signed up for USAID after interning at the CIA, it's like, yeah, uh, this is just, there was no, there was no sense at all that like we shouldn't be there. No, the, 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 the buildup, but also our belief in our capabilities was totalizing. One of my favorite things, and then I'll shut up and you can go on, but Brett, Brett knows I talk about this all the time. I probably talked about this on the show before, but the Millennium Prize. <laughs> yes. We're not the, the Millennium. The Millennium Prize is a series of like five or six mathematics questions that only some of which have been answered. Uh, but it's like the Millennium War Project. Games or Millennium Project, something like that. Yeah. And this was, I don't know, Brett, do you want to explain this? Do you, do you have this better than me or should I do it? Which one is this? Is this the, the uh, war game one? The yeah. Iran one? Oh, yeah, so good. Oh my god, uh, they did a they did a war games and they put and so it's always like a, a red versus blue type thing. Um, and it was America if we invaded Iran, right? Versus Iran, that was the war game. And this the is guy, they, the Millennium. This is this is like yes. our military's capability in the Middle East. I think we did it most expensive uh, exercise ever, too. Yeah, and the whole point was to to prove out that we would stomp them. And so the guy they put in charge was one of one of like 10 actually competent people left in the military, which was a mistake. So they put an actual competent guy who knows tactics in charge of Iran. And his job was just to get rolled. He didn't know that. So he actually played it legit where he went like, okay, well, let me examine the weaknesses of our force and what I have. And so what he did is he designed the Iran's military is he said, well, obviously we won't want a protracted war. And we can't win because they'll steal our communications. So we'll immediately switch over to old school communique style where like smoke signals, flashing lights, and also we'll split into cells. So basically every group uh, that commander has carte blanche to do their thing. I'll give them general orders and they go off. But he started, he said, first thing we're going to do, though, is blow the whole load at once. He launched every single thing he had at the ships, uh, the you know, fake ships that we had in the Gulf. And he destroyed like a quarter of the naval fleet at the, that was the start of the war games. And then he proceeded to just slowly bleed out all of the troops. He lost still, but it was such a devastating result that they went, fuck you. This is wrong. They fired the guy, they reran it. And then this time they had total domination and there was no issues whatsoever. Do you remember yeah. his name? No. Lieutenant General uh, Van Ripper. If I'm not Van mistaken. Ripper. Yeah. That guy's fucking <laughs> that guy's amazing. Famously about that, um, he was like, okay, so I'm going to be Iran, so I guess I'll, um, I'm going to deploy my troops. And they're like, well, you have to tell us where you're deploying the troops. And he's like, I don't think Iran would do that. And they're like, why do you, we do these exercises? <laughs> like, oh, how did you make it this far? Look, your name's cool as shit. That was probably two of your promotions. Yeah, I just, but... I just want a, a Van Ripper hanging out. If I can deploy the Ripper, that's a very high moto fucking thing to do. And so it's like, okay, fine. I'll tell you where my guys are. Right. And then he reported it and they're like, okay, well, they, they all have sight lines on the beachhead. A big part of this is we have to, land on the beach we, we want to do an amphibious invasion please remove them from the beach because you'll just smoke us and it'll bum everyone out We're, we want to we got these hovercrafts 
please let us use them. And he's like, yeah, okay, fine. Fuck it. Okay. You can land on the beach and all that. And then when they did that, like Brett said, he loaded warheads onto rubber dinghies with like three guys (laughs) and light signals where they could do Morse code and just zerg rut if you play stark they just zerg the fucking aircraft carriers battleships they're like hey good luck with those fucking 90 millimeter guns firing into the ocean i'm on a fort lauderdale pleasure skiff i'm not concerned (laughs) and they just wrecked all of it and so they're like you you can't do that we need to yeah we need to start the whole thing fucking over and you have to just stand there and act like you're saddam hussein and he's like oh all right fuck it i guess but it it was (laughs) It was the bubble of American military excellence, which don't know where that bubble fucking came from. Not a great track record. I mean, we got nice toys, but as we can see, all the toys in the world, all the, the nice consumer items, all the radar, all the, the, the C3, C4 bullshit that we're deploying, uh, when the rubber hits the road and there's people that are like entrenched in asymmetrical small cells with some amount of autonomy uh, and an ability to not play by your rules like they just got smoked america got smoked so hard and then we ended up executing that military strategy in iraq and afghanistan (laughs) yeah yeah because the point again why who gives a shit if we get smoked i don't get smoked i make money while brett's friends get smoked it's a perfect system yep fuck it the entire purpose was to like puff our chest out to Iran because Iraq was never supposed to be the end. Iraq was supposed to be the start. Yep. It was supposed to be, we create our bases in Iraq and now we're launching an invasion in Iran. That was always in the hit list. And uh, it just is so instructive that we, the way we prepped for Iraq. And again, there's good documentation on this. None of this is conspiracy. This is all extremely well-trotted territory, but Bush and his people, Rumsfeld too, they kept calling in people and every person who was like, well, Iraq has actually gotten a whole lot of weapons ever since we did the embargo on them. They've been spending money that they can't spend on medicine anymore and buying like real ass weapons and Mm -hmm. doing real ass training. And now they're at a point where they are a real, uh, even if we took down Saddam and part of the Republican guard, we're going to have like refugees and we're going to have like splinter groups popping up and vying for power. That's just, so every person who gave an accurate summation of that, um, was completely fucking ignored and just completely. And they would just get tossed to the side. And, uh, someone eventually, I think it was, uh, I think it was uh, Bernstein and he uh, uh, he had this information in like 2004 during the election and he decided to sit on it until uh, his book came out because he didn't want to like he didn't want to release the information when it would have mattered. He wanted to release it when his book released to help his numbers, to help his sales. Uh, I love uh, that liberal establishment. Right. Gotta love that media. It just uh, Jesus Christ, just securing that dollar like Jesus Christ. And it's it's just so frustrating with Iraq because I think they went through two dozen experts before they were like, they found someone who was like, Oh yeah, six months we'll be in charge of everything. Sure. That's totally yeah, no problem. Yeah. And Jim Webb and like some people may remember uh, Jim Webb from ah, Jim ran for president. Jim Webb is not a fucking like peace Nick dove. Jim Webb is a guy who went on stage in the democratic primary and thought it would be appropriate to talk about how much he liked hearing the gurgling of blood. It like when he, when he killed the guy. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Like literally, well, the last time I heard that was when the guy's bl- the guy was gurgling blood after I stabbed him on the battle. By the way, fun fact, Jim Webb is the only reason post nine 11 GI bill exists. He's the reason. Yeah. 
yes. even veterans get a better education bill. John McCain's pussy ass didn't even fucking vote for it. Jim Webb made it happen. Jim Webb. So he's a, he's a psycho, but he did one very good thing. Also, if you've ever seen uh, the Bernie, uh, hey, invading Iraq is going to be a terrible idea speech, it's Bernie, uh, with Webb's consent, basically took Webb's entire presentation. Yeah. Like he literally just said what Webb was saying. And um, they were friends at the time because uh, he was on some, uh, I think he was on the Veterans Committee at the time. Yeah. But, I like I like, the, I like Webb being Bernie's Joe Rogan. <laughs> yes. He's like, oh, there's some good stuff you could learn from him. <laughs> He's just repeating like ayahuasca tips. <laughs> And like it's we're at the point where like Webb opposed the war in Iraq and not because he's a peacenik. Webb would strangle 100,000 Asians if he could, if he thought it would bring any kind of benefit to America. It's just like he was like, yeah, this is a war that won't get us any of our objectives. It won't help us cement any power in the region. It's just going to be a clusterfuck that's expensive and it will not pursue our actual like yeah. it, it doesn't even Jim help Webb was us a competent money. psychopath and that's not what we were looking for oh, he, no. he is he's operating on the, the wrong plane of existence because when you say <laughs> it's a protracted clusterfuck that'll cost us a lot of money no it'll cost you the taxpayer yeah. a lot of money <laughs> i'm fucking doing pretty great notice again all the people that push for it live wonderful lives now. Oh, i would say that is one of the other big outlets from uh 9-11 that kind of gets glossed over that's what made dc rich Yes, DC was always doing well. I was DC there. has done better in the last twenty years since nine eleven than it ever did before. The amount of money that poured into both the military, industrial, and lobbyist complex is bananas. And I was living there before, because um, I, I, I was in a, uh, my first high school was in DC, and like I started right at nine eleven. So it was, um, uh, we had nine eleven. I had uh, about three years there, and then I returned to DC. Um, in the uh, like 2012, 2011, and just seeing, I mean, it was already kind of a rich area, but like I lived in a, a government subsidized housing. So like my housing was like garbage and all of it got renovated and got changed. And just seeing how much development had happened in those 10 years was completely insane. And a similar thing happened with uh, Hoover and FDR. The, the DC uh, right before the Great Depression and during the Great Depression was making ass loads of money to the point Hoover kept saying, I haven't spoken to anyone who makes less than $6,000 a year, which was a lot at the time. Uh, so obviously everyone's fine. Like that was his whole, like <laughs> he was like all the numbers I'm getting are bullshit because even the like low paid staffers are making like six, $7,000 a year. And we have not, you know, that, that gives me ominous vibes for what's coming down the pike. You got fucking Pat Tillman, by the way, remember Pat Tillman? Yes. I who was Pat yeah. Tillman for our younger listeners? Pat are- Tillman was a promising uh, football star, though I have no idea how promising. He was um, a pretty good safety for the Arizona Cardinals. There we go. So he uh, he definitely uh, he looked like the All American boy. Like if you were casting Captain America in two thousand two, it would have been Pat Tillman. Um, I don't you. This was a, a hypothetical that was popular at the time in my own head. I wish Pat Tillman could have stayed and and. Sean Taylor could have gone over there. I really don't need to explain it. Yeah. That's that's either good or probably this is a choose your own adventure. Flip to whatever page <laughs> makes you gives you the most energy, I guess, and then blame me or, or like me for it. It's fine. <laughs> 
Yeah, so Tillman, uh, he Sean is, Taylor immediately gets a Punisher fucking <laughs> helmet, right? 100%. Like day one, <laughs> day one. T- uh, Tillman realizes the war is bullshit. He starts making a whole bunch of waves about it. He's sending letters. He's he's like telling his parents. He's telling media outlets. He went from being like uh, the example of patriotism because he's given up this amazing career to become um, a soldier to like someone who's got credibility in a lot of people's eyes saying like, Oh, this war is nonsense. And then he got murdered by, uh, one of the other soldiers in friendly fire and absolutely none of the facts on the ground line up. And basically everyone just kind of assumes he was murdered to stop the anti-war, like, like foothold he had provided for like normal people for like just normal red blood Americans. who do not care about politics like, oh, man, I, I love Pat Tillman. Why is he, like, saying this war is bullshit? Is this war bullshit? He was raising real Keep questions. in mind, too, that the only person who could even say that, the Dixie Chicks had their career ruined. This was a moment. Uh, uh, fucking the guy on Politically Incorrect, Bill Maher, yes. was canceled, right? You had It was still Freedom Fries. The only person that was American enough was a... a veteran who gave up the nfl because he loves his country so fucking much and then says hey this shit is fucked up and that is a voice that you kind of can't silence rhetorically so you know guns take care of that though yeah that, that's fucking i, I was also gonna say like, great i mean honestly like there's no liberation theology for a reason it's yeah, as, don't debate as w them. said no man no problem now that I've, now that I've been in the military, I get it more because the problem that he had, Pat Tillman coming in, is he was coming from a perspective of like having money, power, and having people listen to you. And that is not how anything in the military works. No. And if you start operating as if those rules still apply, a lot of bad things occur. Yes. And it's like I've seen it happen to one or two other people, but they don't come anywhere near the status that that guy had. Like just older people who had been like semi-established and came in the military and were like, wait. All of this is insane. I'm not going to do that. That's not how fucking life works. It does not work out for you. It, it, the it, only it, place I've seen that work out was like officers who came in who uh, had parents who were like admirals and shit, like the John McCain's of the world. Yeah, yeah. If you are actually powerful within the military, right? Spoon, doctors, spoon. doctors could do that too because we don't actually care what doctors think in the military. They're not even real military. They don't know how to wear uniforms. They're just. It's like whatever. Shut the fuck up, doctor. Fix this kid. Can I just throw out real quick when you talk about like the doctor military corps, um, the show Jag from USA Network. I remember it. It was one of the worst shows I've ever seen. <laughs> That's that, terrible. That woman was so fucking hot. But here's the thing. It created the worst part of the military, which is I remember. I remember. <laughs> okay. I went to law school. And there were people who went to like Yale who were like, after I get out of law school, I'm going to join the JAG Corps so they could do a few good men. And I refuse, I refuse to believe, I refuse, I refuse misery business to believe that there is a fucking worse person in the military than the JAG Corps people. Because they Jesus. don't even they don't even have to do basic. They can skip directly to putting ribbons on their chest yeah. and hang oh. out at like Pendleton. My Any, dad called them Jagoffs. Like that was literally yeah. the yeah. Not wrong, probably. The, the worst people are in the military are any of the powerful political operatives who join because they don't have to do anything. Your Pete Buddha judges, your uh oh, what's the psycho from Arkansas's name? Um, Tom Cotton. Tom Cotton, although he did do spec ops, but like all of those dudes because in what, you know in what exactly MOS. Spec, yeah, no, right? spec ops could be psyops the the military intelligence uh, specialization. Psyops is in special forces. 
Like you, no, no, I know, I know. Because yeah. there's, there's special ops weather, which admittedly they do yeah. more intense shit than you'd think. But like, still, like you know, let's calm it down a little bit. Brett, why didn't you join special ops weather? They were like, hey, you get to parachute into the middle of nowhere to set up uh, an airfield that's going to be attacked constantly. Are you interested? And I was like, why? Why you? Do you think I joined weather to get shot at? Like, I'm here because I'm near the planes. It's so all be safe. Like, because I know you'll protect them, which is you, true. You know what's fucked up? I was talking to somebody today about how like if i just kept selling weed and playing competitive video games um that probably would have been the best thing for my career both of us like i was literally my call of duty one clan no it was call of duty one clan but we won it on the first month of release of call of duty two was the number two clan in the world like we did the season we went to the finals and we lost and if I just kept selling weed and hippie flip pills <laughs> and mm. playing video games, my life would be better. And Brett, that's how I feel about you with being a, a <laughs> combat controlling weatherman. You would have, you would be, look at, look at that face. This motherfucker would be taken over for <laughs> Al Roker. It'd be true. like, hi, I'm the combat weatherman. People would be like, are you selling any coffee I could buy? Like it would be a gimmick. <laughs> By the way, that's where all this like bulletproof coffee came from was after 9-11. Oh, totally. yep. People, again, don't know what a Sunni is, would be like, if you dip the bullets in pork blood, uh, they won't fight you because then they won't get their virgins in heaven. And you're like, wow, that's like a dumb frat guy take. No, that's like George W. Bush just riffing at the, at the podium. Oh, no. So all this like, I'm an operator, uh, also, I'm defending I my Walmart. Bought into Tom Cotton's bullshit. He's he was he says he was a ranger. He wasn't. He went to ranger school, which is a thing right, officers yeah, they, and a lot of disciplines can do. Sorry, he's full of shit. But anyway, the worst people in the military are the political guys because yeah. they skip most of the training. They're just there to get the fucking resume bullet and move along. All of those people are the most dead-eyed psychopathic humans alive. And 9/11 made that a popular choice. There's a reason they all exist in politics now. Is because 9/11 was like. Finally, nationalism plays in politics. If I do this, I'm set. And it, it has worked out for them. There was yeah, no upper limit. Good. There was no upper limit on any of that shit. You could be as insane as you wanted. And people were like, all that Punisher shit came from the fact that the infidel shit that you see now, the Gadsden flag, all that shit, like it was pre-configured in a crusader-esque religious existential fucking war. Like this was overtly people used crusader language. People had the cross on when you see like Christchurch shooters putting on like crusader fucking shit on their ARs before they do mass murders and shit. All the Genesis for all of this was we are a Christian nation and we've been attacked by the Muslim. That was it. That was as much as you needed to do. This is kingdom of heaven and our fucking Richard Lionheart is this dumbass drunk guy who pass out choking on a pretzel allegedly? Yeah, and we I all mean, just took it because it feels better to be a crusader than a victim. Fuck he it. He called it a crusade and took it back very shortly after nine eleven. But he used that same word later in his presidency as well. Like he people got used to it, and uh, fucking Chris Kyle immediately jumped on like Knights Templar shit. That's why the Punisher Skull guy is literally also the Knights Templar guy who like did that branding. His first tattoo before the Punisher skull was the Knights Templar cross like this. Oh, yeah. That also that allowed people to not give a shit about like, oh, well, the nimbyism of like nuclear energy, which sorry, I, I just think it's cool. 
Like, we can't have nuclear energy here in America, but launch as many fucking depleted uranium rounds into Iraqi and Afghani children as much as you want. Fucking let, let's see who, who can be born with the most eyes and ears in fucking 10 years. That was everything was permitted because like fucking Altair, we were the, the crusaders against the forces of evil. It was that fucking on the nose. It's incredible that we're this non-insane now, given where we started. By the way, uh, solid bet that the only reason 300 got made is because after 9-11, the conversation about how the Greeks stopped the evil fucking Muslims from invading yep. the West became such a like big thing in American talk that, of course, 300, which is literally about that, became like, oh, yeah, we got to make this. We know it'll play. Yeah, the 300 shit was def- that aesthetic was already there. The comic pre-existed. If I remember correctly, at the time... There was like, we're going to make this despite it being a comic book, because who wants to see a comic book movie? Because that was like literally the thinking of the time. They were like, okay, Spider-Man worked, but what else is going to work? These, you know, X-Men is garbage. The first black superhero that no one remembers? Yep. I remember. Uh, I remember that Irish vampire that was in it. Yeah, me too. That was a big fucking moment for me. (laughs) His name is also like Donahue Moyahan or something, right? Like the actor's name. No, not that one. The blonde. Yeah, what do you get out of here? (laughs) Okay. No, look, he he was extremely sexy too, but I was preoccupied with with the 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 wayfish blonde. I'm a vampire, and I'm I have not beaten my eating disorder yet. (laughs) I I I still have bulimia, and I only drink blood. I was like, this is someone I need to know. (laughs) I'm on the Blade Wikia, just like oh, interesting. She has a clotter ring. One of the funner things, by the way, hopping back uh, was the. all the libs at the time were obsessed with Carl Rove. There was a documentary called mm. Bush's Brain. And it was like everyone's talk was like Carl Rove is the smartest man in the world. He's Machiavelli, yada, yada. And he definitely wasn't. You remember um, that? He wasn't like the stupidest man in the world. But the whole thing with Carl Rove is it turned out he just knew a hacker. He was like people knew ahead of time he was obsessed with like signal intelligence. And like he would bug his own office to like call in reporters and be like, see, someone bugged my office. And, you know, it wasn't until years later, someone was like, why did they bug your office with a device that's bad over the last three hours? Wouldn't that mean they'd have to keep coming in like every three hours to replace it? And it's- that, that reminds us, that reminds me of the New York politician who <laughs> happened to be into humiliation BDSM, who was like, oh, what the f- I'm running for council and this dominatrix. <laughs> She just leaks my dick and balls being stomped on by stilettos while I'm running for council. This is humiliating. Why at New York Post do you see how humiliated I am? This is terrible. My tiny dick and balls being stomped by a dominant, severe woman. How did this happen? Still vote for me or don't if you think this is too humiliating. Yeah. <laughs> that guy rolled up. That guy, no, that guy was, was, was amazing. I look, consent was a bit iffy there. I didn't need to, to see his dick and balls getting smashed, but you know what? That's representation. I want it. I want the justice Dems aren't doing anything. Give me a FetLife Dem to vote for, and I, I, we'll see what's up. Yeah, with the uh, with the Rove thing, uh, he he had a hacker who worked for him, and for years, people and I like I worked in these uh, spheres later after, and like I was entering them at during this period, but um, people were saying like, okay, I think he literally has access to our emails, and it was like always kind of this insane conspiracy theory and then the guy who was like his best friend and who ran like a massive it company dies like carl rove's guy dies and all of a sudden from that point on he just like 
couldn't get it, all of his predictions were wrong. He wasn't able to counter message anyone right when they did it. Like he clearly had no, I mean, it became extremely obvious. He just had like some kind of, uh, he was getting copies of DNC emails from his it friend. And when that, that dra- dried up, he was just a normal consultant who like didn't know enough. You know, I like the idea that our, our most genius foreign policy blob person at the time was a guy that essentially got Democrats to install fate or havoc tools on their AOL account so they could be a freaker and a fisher and a freezer and a chat and you could knock people offline off AOL, but then it definitely stole your password. By the way, shout out to anybody who had Pepsi tools uh, spelled with a Z. Uh, Enjoy enjoy reading my 13 year old emails there's a lot about stevie <laughs> case the game developer of quake i hope it was worth it coding Some dramatic that. opinions there i just love the idea of john podesta being like oh this is pretty cool you can you can uh dm people so many times it freezes their computer oh well yeah. <laughs> nothing will come do you, of this. do you remember the megaphone app what was that yes. Oh man, this is great. So Israel uh, created a rapid response media app called Megaphone. And you would go to like, you know, the megaphone.is or whatever their extension is or whatever. You would download it to your desktop. It would read, it would give them your entire browser history. Uh, like it would give them everything. And then, but the what you got was a little MSN style pop-up that would occur in the corner that would tell you, you know, this person just said Palestinians are human. We need to flood their comment section with a link so you could click it and then it would open up and already have like the comments ready for you to like pop in. And all these people just got themselves hacked like by Israel, like trying to support Israel. That fucking rules. Uh, yeah, good. By the way, that also sort of like informs my theory that I had. Or we were talking earlier about everybody being deranged and how dumb we are. That like it's not actually that most regular people are dumb. It's that all the people with the loudest voices are fundamentally retarded because they're being paid to be, uh, or they're being encouraged. Right? It's like the most deranged political people are the ones you're seeing, but regular people have largely recognized like things are fucked up. And that kind of stuff just reinforces my belief because they're actively encouraging deranged political people to be the loudest voices in every space. Well, yeah. loudest voices and also the most insulated. I mean, I think people yes. forget, but like people that we that it's like fun to uh, liberals love dunking on them because of their like lack of education or, or refinement or saying the quiet parts that frankly their nine eleven calls reveal they would say loud if it were not so gauche. Like the people in charge of this shit are like Tony Blair era dipshits got us into this war. The yeah. think tank that that was uh, in charge of this is like a blowback thing, right? They have Foundation on this uh, uh, BK, whatever the fuck oh, it yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. Roger Stone was in charge of that shit. Like once you are coddled with within this the certain. Once you're a reliable producer for the blob, it doesn't matter how fucking dumb you are because, yeah, the people might not be stupid, but you can sell them stupid things because they know they can't change it anyway. So the quicker they grasp it and then push it into the category of not my fucking problem, the better. And the people that are best at creating that sort of content are pimps like Roger Stone, Fort Lauderdale's (laughs) own and my literal uncle. The guy who just goes like, I don't know. Um, maybe the Muslims are gay and half the people go like, oh, I hate that. We should kill them. And they go, well, maybe they're mean to gays too. And then the other half go, 
oh, well, then we should go kill them. And then the two halves never talk to each other. And he goes, my work here is done. And then he goes to a sex party. That's a fucking, that's not a genius, but he doesn't have to be right. because it's all lies anyway. One of my like favorite, because uh, this gets to like the nonprofit industrial complex kind of shit. Go on. Is the uh, the Heritage Foundation. So like Heritage is kind of this big bloated uh, nonprofit. And because they're big and bloated. Staffed, by the way, staffed exclusively by the big and bloated. So a truly representative. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Heritage, um, at the time, because they were just busted with money after 9-11, they had, to, they had a lot of favors to pull off with funders. You know, they all Wait, wanted so, their kids. Uh, 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 real, real quick. Yeah. Uh, uh, busted with money. More like... <laughs> Anyway, you can fill in the slot there based on your political <laughs> ideology. You can choose Chelsea Clinton or the daughter that Trump hates. There you go. Continue. Uh, the, so they had all these slots to fill. So what they did is the ones they wanted to work in the White House. The all these tier, slots to fill. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> uh, all the White House ones. That was like the top tier. They put them in the White House. And the ones the Heritage Foundation did not think were good enough to either work at the Heritage Foundation or work in the White House. Uh, they got on a list that uh, it was a list of about eight 20 something year olds who were put in charge of the economy of the government of Iraq. That is who was running the entire economy of the government of Iraq from like 2002 to 2007 or eight. That's yeah. like in, in the loop, right? Where he has it's a meeting so the on the future planning committee. And it's like a literal 20 year old just from Yale. And the yes. guy's like, I'm sorry that our people achieve excellence so early. It's like, do they? <laughs> and they they were all hyper libertarians. They had their own sandbox. They're literally like they called it their sandbox because it was both a you know designation of it as a sandy place as well as a place to experiment. And they, uh, working on that level, uh, decided like, oh, well, we're going to lower the tax, the, 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 uh, the corporate tax rate to zero. And then no one like bought investments in Iraq. Uh, the only thing anyone wanted to pay money on was oil because uh, shockingly people do not want to invest in companies in a war zone that's like getting bombed and where everyone's dying all the time of, you know, water and shit. So you they, uh, the company to a yeah. black budget of literally a trillion dollars. No <laughs> yeah. It's not even audited. Who gives a shit? That one. And uh, so they do that. They got, uh, they got WIT cards, which the the Bush administration had done WIT cards where it's, you know, uh, because Saddam used to just give you a box. You'd get a crate every month if you were a state employee and anyone who was unemployed became a state employee. You'd get a box. It would have food. It would have dry goods. It would have newspapers. It would have cigarettes. Bro, I fucking like, love the bath party. Yeah. Like <laughs> Saddam was more responsive to the needs of his people than any of our politicians are because I like he had to fear them. Yeah. Anti anti communist, but he's still like, yeah, don't call it that, but still like deliver people food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like the, the we don't we don't quite have enough Jim Acostas to go around in this country. <laughs> but also, it, just like every other country is capable of recognizing that, like you have to take care of enough people to not get overthrown everywhere right. but here. And so they had to replace that. So they did these like wit cards, which would work at grocers. You, you swipe it through, yada, yada. Well, they make this whole infrastructure. They fill everyone's cards. They get cards distributed. At the time, 95% of the grocers did not have a phone line they could use. And of the 5% who were remaining, they had less than like three hours a day. So everyone just had these wit cards preloaded with money they just could not use. And 
at the same time, we like fired everyone who was in the bath party. We engaged in debathification. So you had all these people who were used to like either being employed or being given everything they need. Now you are firing all the people who know how to use guns and everything that happened from there pretty much was exactly what you would expect. Do you remember what they did with the guns? That was <laughs> yeah, one of my sure favorite do. bits. <laughs> yeah. One of the few recommendations they got that was like good from their their list of crazies was uh yeah probably go ahead and take the weapons away and only fire the top officers right we can reuse most of the people in the army as police but don't don't let them don't let them loot and don't let them take the weapons um and they went what if we fired everyone in the army and we let them loot all the weapon piles on their way out yeah <laughs> that that worked out splendid and top tier rumsfeld brain right there <laughs> it is again if you are thinking along the axis of how do we maintain a credibly uh deniable intentional protracted war than like yeah let them loot the fucking i honestly think you're just being too generous to them i think they genuinely believe so wholeheartedly in our this our, is dumb and awful then. this is dumb yeah, and awful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I i think rumsfeld has been a rumsfeld was hanging out with richard nixon personally i don't believe he's dumb right like i i think he's awful i think he knows like I mean, early on in the war, people were literally saying, that's why the meme like, oh, you're dying for oil, because that was an obvious strategic truth before we had more mature talking points. Uh, it was just like, well, we need – look, the British have – Saddam has made it difficult for the British to access the oil. Like the Western powers, our way of life is threatened not only by whatever sort of Islam they're doing over there, but also because they're – uh, not educating women enough to sell us the oil that the refineries like it's it's just like it, it was out and out that shit and i i don't believe he missed that bit i i it's no. just no not it, that bit i just think he genuinely believed in like the utter domination of the american military force basically i think he overlooked the little guy because he was looking for iran so he thought we'll roll through iraq and then iran's what i'm worried about so it was just an assumption of like it doesn't matter We'll run through this quickly. It doesn't matter what these people do. We'll roll over them anyway, and then we'll do the next thing. So you think it's like the Afghanistan take where he's like, Afghanistan sucks because there's not enough good targets for us to make money <laughs> firing our missiles. And yeah. Iraq, um, God, we hit this shit like the golden horde. Like they went from industrialized to don't count on electricity. And and so that'll just keep us moving. We'll keep our combo going on to Iran and the whole fucking region. Yeah, no, I, I genuinely think he was just literally like looking ahead to the next opponent and didn't give a shit about these other people. Yeah, something you would hear at the time, and it was not just these like Heritage Foundation or Republicans. You would hear fucking libs on TV saying this would be like, boys go to Iraq, men go to Iran. Like it was this whole like, we're go like everyone knew Iran was next on the list. But it was all premised on this, like, Iraq is going to fold just as easily as it did last time. As if, like, we hadn't, yeah. you know, sustained a campaign against them where they had kind of no choice but to weapon up because they realized we weren't a true ally. You know, um, honestly, shout out to Iran. 40 plus years of us horny as fuck to invade them and it still hasn't happened. You're no. doing something right, guys. I love and also, that. shout out to Saudi Arabia who literally funded all the terrorism funded us starting a war with their enemies and got off scot-free in spite of the fact that they are objectively at fault for everything to the point that even the government admitted it at one point. Yeah, both us and Saudi Arabia got paid as fuck off that. So why yeah. would they not be your best friend? Yeah, yeah why would the Saudis are the people actual don't have enemies. People do not have fucking memories. No. That was the bit that genuinely drove me crazy back then was I was like, 
the bloodlust is ridiculous and racist, but at least directed at the right people. Yes. It's the fucking sounds. You know what? I'm going to give like a really quick brief story. I was working at uh, uh, every pizza shop in America. The conversation happening in the back is Joe Rogan. It's just not, it's all Joe Rogan shit, right? It is Joe Rogan arguments top to bottom. It doesn't matter the demographics, the employees, everything is just the most. That's the narrative you got, man. Yeah, that's the narrative you got. And I still remember in 2000, uh, 2005, I got, I was working in the pizza shop and I, uh, I basically was kind of like, they were looking for comparisons for Afghanistan and like the, the fight back. And I was kind of like, well, you're, I mean, in this analogy, you would be, they would be the homeowner. You're the home invader. Like they are the homeowner and the home invader. And, you know, it sucks whenever anyone is killed in a home invasion. Um, But, you know, it's understandable when the homeowner is not too thrilled about it and they got a gun and they do something. And I still remember the the my like boss laughed and he's like, "Thank God I know you're kidding because if you were serious, I would be firing you right now." And I was <laughs> like, "Yep." And then we went on to talk about whether or not like people in olden times were better at dealing with the unknown than we are now, and we just went back to the Joe Rogan shit. Yeah, good times. Fuck. <laughs> I, again, I I said this this last time, but look. Hands off Iran. That, that's my hashtag. What have they done wrong? They, they owned us and then have minded their own business. Meanwhile, like Brett said, it was maddening to go. Uh, the 9-11 Commission released a report and they they redacted the parts where it was like, oh, this is obviously Saudi Arabia. Yeah. <laughs> Arabia because the people doing the report were just like, yeah, but they're they're an ally and we're not at war with them. Uh, even though, in my opinion, we should be because yep. I mean, like, think about it for a second. Like, they kill journalists. They 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 meddle in our election affairs, and most importantly, at least for me, is the cowardly dog. The the first three Sunni caliphs do nothing but shame uh, the Prophet Muhammad by by preaching false narratives, and it's only the fourth caliph, which Iran <laughs> recognizes, <laughs> that that. <laughs> paints a true path and us as people who want to walk a true path and in fact and in fact create a better world free from this strife should submit to the supreme <laughs> leader's <laughs> guidance as the only true light of islam uh i'm just saying iran didn't do 9-11 there are worse things yeah I it just I, I just feel like it's the fucking wire and somebody's just saying follow the money and they're like, nah, it's the black guy. And it's like, follow the fucking money. <laughs> well, it's also like it's the same thing with the JFK. Like the best case scenario is that the feds were like actively assisting by not like by knowing what was happening and not scooping people up, which the feds love scooping people up. Yep. They also loved like getting like people, they love fostering assets. They love using crazy people that they can, uh, they can blame later. I mean, it's, it's the best case scenario still makes them look like garbage, which I think is why they want to emphasize everything else that like, you know, oh, jet fuel and steel beams, because saying like okay yeah we were working with Ata, but we thought he was gonna like we thought he was gonna hijack something in saudi arabia we were fine helping that because you know 
uh, we, or we thought keep... it would be in Pakistan or India. Exactly. Like we thought it was going to be for someone else. We had to, uh, but you know, you got to keep them clean. D- yeah. Just like the Canadian shooter who like went on his like nine hour rampage. And now the Canadian government's like, yeah, we can't disclose what relationship he may or may not have had with our Canadian intelligence agency, which is apparently more than like nine guys in a brewery. <laughs> I will say the best investment the Souths have made in the last 40 years was into Wahhabism. Because oh, totally. that has paid dividends for them over and over and over again at every fucking juncture. Like they were actively paying every single hijacker. They actively paid for the training, right? It was the perfect marriage. The CIA trained a bunch of people in Afghanistan how to make bombs. And the Souths came in and gave them enough money and psychotic religious preachers to fully radicalize them and move them towards where they needed them to be. My favorite thing in like uh, 2002 on that kind of ley line was when the whole narrative was like, we have to like form a singular government in Afghanistan and teach them how to fight in a war, something they've never done on their own. (laughs) Just the narrative of like, we have to train them as warriors because they don't have the warrior spirit that America does. And it's okay. 20 years later, we're fucking whipped again. Look, I'm just saying, what can you expect from the cowardly lineage of Abu Bakr? <laughs> <laughs> I, I still love that we had, uh, there was a, an opportunity to slow down uh, uh, ISIS at the time with Al-Sistani because he was like still, uh, he, was, he was willing to negotiate with Americans if only to legitimize his own place in Islam in Iraq. And we sent him a penis doctor like a guy whose whole thing was like he created a penile implant that was successful. He was like, that that was it. He was from Iraq. So the Bush administration was like, he's loyal to us. He's from Iraq. I'm sure we should have him talk to the Pope of Iraq. Like, I'm sure that's a great fucking plan. And of course he was, you didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. He had like spent like five years in Iraq when he was a kid. You know what's yeah. sick is, is probably the most effective tool that America could use against any leadership because they tend to be, you know, older and and power hungry and insecure is just, uh, just the CIA should just offer free penile girth enlargements. Cause as far as I can tell, that kills 75% of the people. (laughs) Like we're already shipping Viagra over there. We should just ship doctors that are like, it's easy. We liposuction your ass and then we pump it in your dick. Don't worry about it. It's going to look weird, but like, you're going to be the coolest guy in your fucking village. (laughs) Just let nature take its course. (laughs) The wildest thing about talking about nine 11, and I can tell this is the joys of being in our age bracket is like, part of me gets nostalgic for that kind of crazy. I'm like, Oh, remember, Remember when the kind of crazy was along like very specific nationalist lines and nobody talked to you about like the Loch Ness monster getting Mexicans over the border? <laughs> like you just didn't have to hear that as much. It was a simpler like my brain is doing that right now. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. That's the, the thing. Fuck? When when all the like libs say polarization is never worse, is like worse than it's ever been. It's like that's kind of true if you're looking in modern history to some degree but like when we lacked polarization was this 2001 to 2006 period it was bad everything everyone agreed on and had consensus with was just like completely fucked monstrous shit there was a show on hbo that was critically beloved in which the (laughs) premise was osama bin laden is hanging out in maryland 
with a meat cleaver running around factories trying to kill white women. It won Emmys. It was called Homeland. Yes. <laughs> no, and I think that was Showtime, by the way. It was Showtime. Oh, it was yeah. Showtime. Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, HBO would never stoop to that. But, level. but the, fact, <laughs> the fact is, like, we didn't have the language to describe the abs- – we didn't have the language to justify the absurdities. So you had to actually spend some amount of your limited willpower ignoring it. Like, you had no. to go, huh, I'm not sure UBL is – at a fucking DuPont factory jumping from the second floor with the scream knife. I don't, that doesn't seem realistic, but this show was made in conjunction with the CIA and they're doing everything necessary to protect us. So I guess AV club 9.5 out of 10, but like it was, it was just, it was deranged, but you noticed how deranged it was. Now you can see when we do the same sorts of, in some cases, the exact same engagement, yeah. It's like we have 400 therapy terms to say that, like, uh, the reason shit's so fucked up in Afghanistan doesn't have to do with capitalism, uh, looting and pillaging, crusader-esque mindset, bumbling for the, the, the cynically or, or stupidly on behalf of Raytheon. No, 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 no. All this is happening because American men don't have bed frames. That's right. <laughs> I, that was I, also... It's insane. I was going to say, that was also... I the peak of media power as far as like a dominant narrative, because that was the peak of cable TV. Mm-hmm. It's internet took over after that and has been slowly killing it. Not so slowly anymore, but like there's a reason friends. One of the friends uh, episodes is the most high, highly rated show ever aired because that was the peak. And then everything fell off. It's not because it was the best show ever, because that was when the most people in the U S had access to that same technology and that's where they were getting most of their talking points from. So as we spent 10 years through the 90s and early 2000s telling everybody the parties are the same, we're aligned, right? Uh, Clinton, uh, Gore, everything. It was just like, Gore, a little different, but it was like, we're pretty much aligned. We're pretty much on the same page. 9-11 happens. Everybody is watching the same shit telling you we're all aligned. Fuck the brown people. And it just like went absolutely insane. Like that just couldn't happen now. It was such a bizarre stretch. Well, like now we'd have to, one side would have to own the other side. Yeah. Like, right. like, like if Democrats were all like, we need, we need to go into fucking Bahrain, uh, the Republicans would all become monarchists. Like, like <laughs> yeah. it, just, it, it has to be that way now. There, there is no, you know, yeah. Have you seen that amazing old Hitchens clip with, uh, uh, Charlton Heston, by the way, it's so good. Uh, it's it's a, for the first Gulf War, and Hitchens is basically saying like we shouldn't invade on like twenty uh, four hour television, and uh, Charlton Heston is like we absolutely should. It's fundamental to the security of America. Yeah, yeah. He goes on this rant, uh-huh. and Hitchens was like, name five countries that surround Iraq, and he like he's like, okay, <laughs> we have Afghanistan, Bahrain, no, and don't, Hitchens don't is like Bahrain's an island. <laughs> don't take don't take the bait uh yeah no i mean i talked about this last week and i hate this is like an elitist argument but it is just nice in, in demonstrating like no you don't i know you don't really care about any of this stuff you just don't want even yeah. if it's if it's, it's not a, about them being dumb it's about demonstrating they don't fucking know yeah and that it doesn't matter that whatever the stated thing is you know it used to be after 9 11 like i said you had you couldn't be checked because nobody cared or, or whatever, right. I guess. But you did actually have to like open a map and go like, Quatar? <laughs> what the fuck is Quatar? That's, That's near the guy Kuwait? in uh, 
what the yeah. fuck is this? We, and, and like, you needed to actually like kind of try. And I was just like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. yeah you know, have to do whatever. my favorite thing that America does is when we get, when the, the elites get invested in a specific region for the sake of military, everybody on the news explains to you basic geography. And that's like half of the news cycle for a few months leading up to it is like, so where is Iraq and why should you care about it? What's a Sunni anyway? And it's just, Every time it's just like, oh, so we're definitely killing these people, huh? Yeah. That's what's happening. <laughs> you know, you know, it's all bullshit because again, to this day, if if you give the average American the pop quiz on any of that <laughs> shit, they spent twenty years trying to get them to pay attention. Even among the people that are like, yeah, this is like my favorite thing. You're just like, for the love of God, point to Riyadh. Yes, the worst, the worst <laughs> thing. Can't. If if you're a non-American country. It's bad when America ignores you because the CIA is probably fucking with you, right? It's worse when we pay attention. The minute they we do any geography classes and your country's involved, you should be terrified because something <laughs> bad's going to occur because we do not teach geography. That's yeah. like when your president speaks and then there's a guy just sending up extra flags all around where he's going to go. Yeah, we really want to know what direction the wind's going. We really need to make sure that's uh, yep. we got a good idea. <laughs> that's why the smartest people in the world, and uh, we can all... Uh, uh, throw out our, our closing remarks here as we've we've hit OT um, is Poland because anytime there's an issue like a tortoise retreating or an ostrich putting its head in the ground, Poland vanishes from the map for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and this this becomes you guys. This is you guys' problem, and then we'll just pop out on the other side when you start doing some gay ass reforms. Or <laughs> Until then, later. Let, call us if the Knights Hospitaller come back. Otherwise, we're good. I to this day, I didn't know Belarus existed until about three years ago. <laughs> I'm glad they're there. I'm glad yeah. someone has to man, man, maintain that. Whatever, they're on the border. There are there are a few good men. Like I don't want to have a border with Russian. I don't want anyone I know to have to man that border. Uh, if Belarus wants to do it, God bless. You, you can <laughs> you can have all the infertile soil east of fucking <laughs> by the way they they tried to make a whole bunch of micro nations in belarus like american libertarians so yeah, just have fun. Have fucking fun. <laughs> the fact that the fact that belarusians seek asylum in poland tells you everything you need to know about the former iron curtain state did you get a little bit of pride when bush said don't forget about poland did that did that yes. hit? No, because I know Americans love Poland. I, I know because like we we come around once every fifty years and help you out, and then uh, we Poland comes around and helps America once every fifty years do something terrible, and then we get all of your excess movie jets. Like every time I see an American movie where there's military jets in it, I'm like, yeah, that's going to be in Poland's arse. They're going to sell that literal jet to Poland. The, the Michael Bay military. <laughs> <laughs> the only country I want to see have a hot war before we go nuclear, and I really feel like we could get away with it because no one's going nuclear over Lvov, a place with no vowels, is is Poland. Let's let's just have po let's Poland versus Latvia, Poland versus Lithuania. <laughs> Who would even give a shit? They're both NATO, right? Let them figure it out. Let the them celebrity death shit. match. They love Europe. it. They love both sides would accede. They they be fine with it. Let's do it. <laughs> Look, Raytheon, I'm just saying this is your next <laughs> opportunity. And it, I, we could make it Islamic. We could say that Estonians are, are inherently Wahhabist. If that'll help, it's as tethered to reality <laughs> as any, anything else. 
I know that they're a neat, I know that they're a niche population that I haven't even sought to understand. And in that way they fit easily into the ice tray of American enemies. <laughs> Listen, I'm pretty sure the Estonians are actively lobbying uh, to destroy the state of Israel. And that's why we need to go in there with our allies, the Poles. Look, the Estonians also believe you get like 80 something virgins or whatever, but that's just because most of them do sex trafficking for Russia. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Fight me, Estonians, bitch. Uh, <laughs> I, I love Eastern European uh, racism because as a Central European, it's not really my thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, closing remarks before we go. I was just going to say, so uh, the 9-11 stuff is... There are fundamental shifts in American psyche and culture, just the way the politics and a lot, the way a lot of underpinned things occur. And it felt like for a long time, there hadn't been a big shift from the 80s through the 90s, right? It felt like things were moving kind of slow. Tech was becoming a thing, but even then, we hadn't gotten like a massive shift off of that. And then 9 11 was the huge one where. It set up everything that we've had to deal with since. We had another big one in probably 2016, the Trump stuff in that range. Um, and 08 with the collapse. They're coming faster now, of course. Um, but it felt like that was the first massive fundamental shift. And that I also, to me, is the point at which we left all the boomers behind because their brain stayed in everything pre-9-11 as far as yeah. how the country is run and how good or bad we are and how economics works, everything. They, we all left them all behind. And the rest of us had to grow up in that whole stretch going like what fairy tales are you telling me old people because that is not how fucking anything works um and it and it is like one of the defining moments for america in the last honestly like 70 years outside of vietnam the next big 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 one was 9 11. yeah i, I will just add that like i don't condone any part of fucking osama bin laden's project other than briefly pop popularizing uh, albino black sheep anime dating games. Apparently he's a big <laughs> fan of that, it turns out. But other than that, not a big fan. Uh, so don't take this the wrong way. But, but yeah, Brett, I mean, inarguably, huge success. Like he, he laid bare the contradictions of American society in the most barbaric and fucking brutal way possible. But it's... I mean, it's inarguable that the divisions that, again, he didn't create, but sort of shown light on within our country, like it fucking cracked us in half. Yeah. What we are doing right now, maybe we get here by different means, but we got here through one fucking Saudi fail son on one fucking day. And like, maybe I'm wrong here, but like, it all started at that fucking morning. But like, we were all like a fucking schizophrenic person that does LSD at like age 38. And that triggers the onset of something that otherwise remained latent. Nine 11 was where the, the people with the predilection for insanity decided to embrace it full throatedly. Yep. Yeah. Grim? And uh, all I'll say is that uh, for the people who are young enough, they can't remember Whenever you see someone online, like a like kind of a, a Phil Greaves type, who just everyone is just unanimously clowning on because he'll say something like, "If you enjoy Raiders of the Lost Ark, you are a Nazi" or something. Uh, that's what people thought of you if you were like, "Maybe we don't bomb people." 
that that is the okay. you were the guy you were the main character of that day um and not online but in real life with your face if you said that and it you were seen as spitting in everyone's face yeah i would say cancel culture the specter that that represents for whoever you are uh we already saw the purest form of it and it was then like yes you literally you saying racial slurs online on your podcast is way more fucking like 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 what you would get from that is, is way more tolerable way more like i can withstand this way more materially insignificant than post 9-11 and i mean for five years post 9-11 yeah just going like what did the people in this village ever do to us you would be fired and made a pariah in your own family people were worried about their facebook posts it was and not even like that is the function that is the output the righteousness was against you yep like people who are like i'm morally good and nobody should ever hire or allow this person to live in their community is what you would get if you're just like well why did they want to do the attack it was over for you and you should feel bad for saying that the intensity was at 11 yeah your mom would like turn you in like it was that bad yeah and they were encouraged to. The news would say, if you think someone in your family is harboring terrorist sympathies, oh. turned like it was as bad as you'd think. And people look around now and go like, ah, oh, how did it get like this? This is the cooling off period. Yeah. These are the fail sons of that mania. Nope. Yeah. That sounds good to me. Yep. All right. Well, if that's that, uh, that that's the end of the episode. Grim, you got any plugs or anything? Uh, yeah, I'm doing Why the Last Podcast, just covering Why the Last Man, the show. Having fun with that. I'm doing, I think it's called Last, Res- or I did Last Responders uh, over with Tony from from Minion Death Cult. That should be out Hell yeah. probably in like a week or two. And of course, check out Extremely Online Left. Their Twitch VOD does not have Danza Kaduro and Mr. Worldwide Pitbull music on it. So you'll be able to get that in full uh, a, a day from now. Um, but otherwise... Thanks, everybody. Time to go. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Thanks.